I need adventure and sticks. I don't have money to acquire the adventure and sticks I talked about. I'll go to cool.com. I can't go to cool.com because that is something else. I'll go to kingdomofloathing.com. <laughs> kingdomofloathing.com. Check it totally out. Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast. I'm your host, Jick. And I'm Riff. And I'm Hot Stuff. Guys, how's it going? Okay. You're very good. You know what I did uh, in between this uh, recording and the previous recording that you guys have been bugging me about for a long time? What'd you do? I watched the movie Clue. Oh, Which oh, I had nice. never seen. Really? You guys oh, have been great. bugging me for so long. It really is. It really is really, really good. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't watch it. Held, it has held up for forever since it was made. It's weird that it was not popular. Was it not popular? I think it was not popular. I think I, that the I think that that it was widely considered that experiment where it shipped to different theaters with different endings was widely considered to be a failure. I mean, they certainly never did that with any other Clue movies. <laughs> so in the theaters, it didn't just show all of them the way that it does. No, no, there were like three different prints. Clue is sixty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus, so people are crazy. <sighs> Critical reception, mixed reviews, New York Times wrote negatively, whoa, what craziness is this? The Wikipedia donation nag was like a full screen picture of a cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) For the price of not drinking this cup of coffee on your screen, which is not a real object. It made, it ultimately grossed 14,643,000 domestically, just short of its $15 million budget. Wow. So, yeah. Lost money. That is sad. It really is, because it was just fantastic. It is a movie based on a board game. So I I think I would have been cynical about that at the time, not having seen it mm. for free on video, you know? It had but. so so many like Yeah, I don't really have a concept of whether those people were considered big names in comedy at the time, I guess. I think so. I mean, it was like, what, it was almost 10 years after Rocky Horror. (laughs) Um, Who was the... I keep forgetting who the main woman was, Mrs. White. Is it Madeline Kahn? Yeah, Madeline Kahn. What do I know her from? Blazing Uh, Saddles. Okay, right. Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Yes. Yes. Okay. Isn't she dead? I believe she has died. She died very young of something weird. Of that I don't know. I don't know if she died young, but <sighs> Madeline Kahn died in nineteen ninety nine, I guess at age fifty seven. So that's pretty that's young. young. Yeah. Especially for a woman. Um because their life expectancy is so much greater. I don't know. Anecdotally. Also statistically. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it was very, very good, and I liked it a lot. And there okay. were a lot of there were a lot of just good, absurd, funny yes. moments that just really moved the thing along. Mm-hmm. Without it just it, like it could have been so ponderous, and it oh right never ever was. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of frantic almost yeah. At, yeah, at times. Yeah. Man, speaking of old comedy, I watched some uh, Buster Keaton on YouTube the other day, and those are really funny. They're like just the physical comedy kind of stuff. Yeah, just like old the, his old uh, I don't know, black and white silent movie slapstick stuff, but done all entirely practical and him doing his own stunts. And it is amazing to me that he didn't die doing one of those stunts because some of them were crazy. Is, it, a lot is of stuff he like, the guy that there's a I've seen a gif of like somebody riding on the front of a kind of a oh, slow moving train car. picking yeah. up a pile and using it to like catapult another pile off the track uh, in front of, of him. Yep, yep. Yeah. Just picking up was, a pile. Uh like a like just a big like a square log like a yeah, like a railroad what, not what do you trestle, what do you what do you actually call those? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Ties? No, the ties, ties are, are the, the metal. The metal rails. Oh, I thought um, the ties were the wooden part. No. Because aren't the rails the rails? Oh. Hmm. Let's see. I guess you have a point there. <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. Railroad track parts. 
he googled <laughs> internet solve There's our problems got to be shopping yes okay sell me your <laughs> finest railroad track parts you you could be trying to make your own railroad that seems reasonable huh nope the ties are the boards Okay, you boards. were right. Okay. okay. Was that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Ties of the boards, then there are spikes. Yeah. Then there are, there's ballast, which is like the gravel or whatever between. Okay. The, yeah. Okay, well, cool. Then I guess I wrote right thing. Well, so, but then, so, okay, so, but Picking Boy wrote ties? Yeah, there was one laying across the track and he had another one in his hands or something and he just like picked it up and like dropped it onto one end of the tie and sort of like levered it off the tracks. Whoa. Like right as the train was about to crush him. Between itself and it, it's mm-hmm. a crazy. Just, just look up. I guess just look for a Buster Keaton. Jeff. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a really wonderful moment in one of them that I watched where he's he spends almost the entire time being chased by this angry detective, this sort of fat, sort of beefy, hulking, menacing guy, and he ends up across like a dinner table from the guy, and the so it's like him and then the table between them and then the detective and then the door out of the apartment is on the other side of the detective the detective has has locked the door and and broken the key and he like gets up into a uh, buster keaton gets up into a crouch on his chair jumps from the chair to the table then jumps from the table to the detective's back and then dives out of the transom over the top of the door <laughs> and just all in one movement and it's the most amazing thing i i feel like if i well if i or anybody i know tried that you just brain yourself on the door <laughs> all right i'm showing hot stuff this gif of him doing this thing with the railroad tie would would he have suffered? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it was the train just, it, just push it, it out of the I, way. I didn't remember it exactly. Yeah, it, I it's mean, cool, I, it might have derailed the train on top of him. Who That's knows? True. Trains back then were complete horseshit. <laughs> That's what they made it out of because they hadn't discovered cast iron yet mm-hmm. or ballast. Mm-hmm. That's the way they were called. Later, they were called iron horses. Mm-hmm. Is abbreviation for iron horse shit. Yeah, iron horse shit transport vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys want to get to some questions from Kingdom of Loathing player, listener, readers? I'd be delighted. Sure. Uh, Bowie's Bert says, and this is a this is a thing that I think is on a number of people's minds. He says, I often donate several times a month, but I hadn't set up a subscription because I didn't want to deal with Amazon. Come to find out this month that subscribers get a little extra. Okay, fine. I set up a subscription, but find out it only works from January on. Will the extra be the same for the coming months as well, or will I have to buy December's unique one from the mall because I missed out? No, it'll be the same. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm not going to say that forever, whenever we do a little incentive for subscribers, that it will be the exact same thing but december january february and i'm we are gonna like announce it and probably do a little like a like maybe a facebook ad about it or something um but we just decided that it the you know december's one should just be a little surprise for the people who are you know there's some people being real shit imagine this guys there's some people being real shitty about this in our forums what You know, and whatever. Subscription helps us because it allows us to have a sense of what kind of income we're going to be getting from month to month, right? And so it definitely behooves us to, to just sort of subtly encourage that. And we felt like this was a totally fair way to do it because it's the people who have been subscribing get the bonus and then the people who now want that can subscribe for January and February and then keep subscribing or cancel their subscription or whatever. Right. And are we going to pick a different one after February? I don't know. I think we'll probably just go back to nothing. Just go back to nothing for a while. Yeah. Is, is probably it. I mean, this was just, this was just basically like, I want to be able to promote this because I think that there are some people who come back for Crimbo and think, ah, you know, I wish that I was playing this all the time and would be totally happy donating every month and getting each of the items of the month, but they won't do that if they actually have to log in and do it. 
And I, I mean, the reason that I think this is because a bunch of people tell me this, right. right? There are a lot of people who are like, I had a lot of fun with this. It's not that much money. I would happily just subscribe and forget about it to keep supporting you guys. And I, it would be dumb to just like say, no, that's unethical. I mean, it, was, it was sort of a critical mass of those people who, who telling us that, that we finally were like, okay, fine, we'll do this. Yeah. Like after the previous con. It was like just a bunch of people at the previous con, you know, and yeah. it's like they, they, a lot of people just want to kind of treat it like a Patreon for the game, but they also just get the item of the month without having to remember to buy it. Right. Um, Schlerp writes, I will donate $50 if you put the image of Naysayer in his still suit, stillsuit.gif, in all the instances in the Siege in Time adventure. We haven't seen the little guy in almost two years. I did that. There was a forum thread about it. I do not know if Schlerp has since donated <laughs> $50. I did it because I was just looking through the questions and I was like, all oh, right, I should do that. And it was not that hard. It was just picture parenthesis still suit. <laughs> In the because that one that encounter is one that Riff made. So instead of being like a normal choice adventure, it's one oh, of the dialogue like conversation script, script ones. Yeah, right. and normal choice adventures, I get a report when they don't have pictures, but dialogue script ones, I don't. So <clears throat> because they need a picture at every node that could that you want a picture uh, on. Well, right. I'll try and keep that in mind for the there, you. You can do, we did put in a command that's like always picture or whatever, which happens before the start node. Okay. I think, no, it's not before the start node. You can just put it in the start node before you do the logic that like goes to a different node. Okay. Have we ever talked about our dialogue scripting or like conversation script that we've now sort of generalized out to multiple games yeah no i guess we haven't really um i i designed and handed off to chris moyer to implement many years ago just a very simple dialogue tree language so that riff and at the time scully could do more like straightforward like conversation style choice adventures without having to actually write php code mm -hmm. Um, and that thing just gradually got more and more features yeah. until got more and more complex as I requested more and more stuff. Yeah. And culminating in like the Cinderella thing. Which yeah. The Cinderella game is entirely that. written in that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to look at the code too. It's a mess, but it works. <laughs> yeah. There's another question about the Cinderella game later. Which, but, um, but yeah, I, when so, I do that kind of stuff, I just tend to write PHP because it's just easier for me. Right. So, but you know, like, Space Trip is like a whole bunch of choice adventures, you yeah. know, and like if you wanted to do like a really like a deep dialogue dive or a DDD, as I call it, you could put it in one dialogue script and it's just a bunch of like basically just nodes and options and circumstances under which those options will show up. Right. All of the game logic in West of Loathing is now using this script, including like combat skills, which is cool. We used it for Word Realms. Mm -hmm. We did yeah and then we also then we used it again in master swords yeah much more we used it in word realms just for conversations we yeah. used it for everything in master swords all of great. the game logic yeah was made in it which meant that we already had a unity version of the interpreter for it which we were which josh lee the master swords programmer was able to hand off to victor thompson the west of loathing programmer so that there was just like a kind of a baseline that rupert murdoch paid for of work to right to get started there um so that's nice and i mean i'm doing in west of loathing what i would have done had i known in you know 2003 that this is how everything was going to turn out like that when you use an item it uses the same script as when you have an encounter out in the world or whatever like that just you just make sure that that language can do everything and then everybody who knows how to use that language can do everything in it um and it makes it so the stuff that an item does is not the way that it is in KOL, just like tied to PHP, right? Not that we could port KOL to something else, right? right. I mean, we could write a fight script, we could write an adventure processing script and then do various things with those data, but items are all just PHP code. Skills are all just PHP code that's now embedded in the database and stuff. And so, they're like, and they're, they're tied to the database too, because like it's, we're not, we're like the newer games are not like, tied to the tied to a database in the same way I guess well they are but they're general the game data is stored in the same the game data for west of loathing is stored in the same kind of tools that we use for kol but they're not they're not accessed in real time right they are exported to a bunch of json that then the unity interpreter the unity engine can load 
Um, it's pretty cool. Joy says, tell me more about West of Loathing. Will I be able to play it on my desktop or Kindle? You will be able to play it on your desktop, not your Kindle. Yeah, wow. Kindle, probably, huh? Probably your iPad. Uh, I'm I'm going to push for at least an internal iPhone build. <laughs> it might not be terrible. Because, I mean, the screens are so fucking large now. Yeah. Like, so, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I mean... I, the only thing that I don't want is I don't want to have to spend a bunch of time doing a bunch of assets. time and money yep. redoing the UI for the phone. And I d- and although, you know, there's not that much UI, so maybe it wouldn't be terrible. Like, I didn't think Master Swords would work on a phone, and I still don't, but it <laughs> people play it, and yep. it's... The, the test flight expired, so I need to go get a non-expiring version that I can install on my phone. Mm. Well, yeah. It's I only I did some like pass and play multiplayer on the phone and it was tolerable. It's just, you know, the thing that bothered me about it is that like to play that game well, you need to be paying attention to the your opponent's tiles and Mm. you just can't easily when it's on the phone. Right. Because, you, you know, it has to zoom in on you. Like it's just it's clunky, I think shitting that game out onto the phone oh, just the tiniest little bit yeah well is in my opinion sure i mean you know it's possible like i think that just dude walking around in the world could probably happen on a phone and it would be fine because the more time we spend on this the more like i'm tending towards a small number of fairly large interactable objects right in a space because like we don't want to do weird sort of pixel finding kind of bullshit. yeah and so. the and the density you just accidentally run into stuff if stuff is too dense and right. that kind of sucks so you know it just doesn't feel good so also there wasn't that much stuff in the desert so that's true but i mean you know sometimes you'd go into like a room there's a lot of stuff in a room not in, not in the desert okay <laughs> the room's, rooms all been picked rooms in the desert like the room the desert is itself a room it's just a very large one Oh, with wow, a sky riff. ceiling. Yeah. Event viewer says, "Hello, JRHS. I'm very excited by the upcoming Avatar of West of Loathing, a wall challenge path, <laughs> and seeing the new classes and skills. If this happens, I think you talked about it on the podcast a while back. Yeah, you know, Nightfall. A wall is really funny. It is pretty funny. Um, Nightfall spent a bunch of time at Indiecade trying to convince me that after." the challenge path Mm -hmm. comes out that we should just add the three classes that get added as new KOL classes. He was like, he was like, so would that like, tell me that you don't think that adding three new character classes wouldn't be bigger news than having them in this challenge path. Like he was like, that would be, that would be worth a hundred crimbos in terms of like bringing people back to check it out. And I don't know if that's true. And I think he was probably exaggerating. Maybe he said 10. Even then, he was probably still exaggerating. It is crazy power creep, right? To add... To just have three more classes to add, yeah, skills that you can use all the time. Yeah. Which is, what, which is what, just 90 new skills? Right? Wow. At half of which will just be passive boosts to something. I mean, it, realistically, it, each of them will get some kind of gimmick, and about half of the skills will use that gimmick or you know a third of the skills will use that gimmick so that they will only be there for that class it's all beans all the way down yeah it's also weird that like there aren't really very many guns in the game right there aren't that many pistols and so the moxie class which is pistol heavy we would need to do something i mean we could put in as many pistols as accordions Whips count as pistols. Okay, whips count as pistols. <laughs> yeah, All right. that's true. Because that's 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 how you hit somebody with one. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It like there's a part of me that is pretty excited by that idea. And I, you know, I think like I'll already be doing the work, and if I have, and what, it would it just it would just literally just be boop, just put them in as the new classes, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the challenge path is then. It's like you can only play as these, right? And you only get perm skills from these. But when you perm the skills, they're just permed, right? And then after the challenge path, they become options for... Do we do a new guild 
Do we do three new nemeses? Oh, shit. Well, they don't need a new guild, right? Because they're still muscle. Yeah, they're still muscle mox, mox. Yeah, but yeah, I guess they would need nemesis. Hmm. Well, huh? <laughs> That's a lot of work for the amount of time that we have already. Because the nemesis quest isn't even fully revamped yet, right? Yeah, nah. I mean, we could. Just add May. them when we got through. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, they could just be, you know, stuck in the queue, but it would be something that eventually we would want done. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's May, right? Is the end of May or no, middle of May? It is the middle of February. No, that's when they. That's when it launches. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if they launch with just the skills and then they become real classes with Nemesis quests yeah. and everything at the at the end of the three months after that, then that's that's more practical. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I hadn't really thinking. thought about. Because, I mean, what does that require? That requires some monsters for each of them. Mm-hmm. And is that is that the only class-specific content? Isn't... Is there not other stuff like... Uh, ah, there's some like, stuff in the sea. Yeah, what do they get out of the trench uh, in the sea? Yeah. Do, there's like, definitely places where we'd have to do some more things. But that would probably be fun, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's true. I mean, because, like, you know, say what you get out of the trench in the sea, like, it's got to compete with, like, Harpoon, which nobody gives a shit about. Right. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would just be that. That would be a bunch of Tuesday updates. Like, oh, the new classes yeah. now have this thing. <laughs> How uh, I feel like, I mean, it's probably more work than we're thinking. That yeah, I, I mean, it's it's it does sound like fun, but I'm just thinking that, like, pro- not long after I get back from holidays and stuff, you're gonna be wanting me to do West of Loathing stuff pretty much full time. Well, but this is West of Loathing stuff, kind of, right? Like, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of this yeah. stuff will already be written. A lot of the kinds of, you know, things that they're doing. I don't think that uh, the characters in West of Loathing are going to have as many skills as a KOL character class. Yeah, I think that would be weird, right? Because it's... What are you going to do with 30 skills in a single-player yeah, game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's because there's no buffs. There's no, like... I, I mean, there, there will be, like... I guess between all the skills and, like, passive perks and stuff oh, that you can get... Okay. Like, sure, but I, I feel like fewer of those will be class-specific, really. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it was an idea that I was at first very resistant to, but then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, eh, you know, that's not a bad idea. If we're already going to be doing the work to make these things, why not just have them be a part of the yeah. the thing, you know, if it's just like... A, because then it also is like a promotional... I think we can point to. ...tie back, yeah. you know? And then it's like if we make another... You know, if it sells well enough to pay us to make a second game you could add those classes in too the single just, player uh, expansions that that eventually add to the mmo version yeah that and eventually interesting and eventually you start playing kol and there's just 60 character classes i mean we could also not allow them on your first ascension right also, like just oh yeah like prestige classes yeah i was gonna say and then eventually we can just turn kol into league of legends kingdom of legends mm-hmm. yep. and also, like yeah, that's the that's then I don't. Have to, there's a lot less UI to have to deal with if we're just they're putting them in the drop down with that's true. the other things in Ascension and not having to redo character creation. Although, I mean, it might be. I don't think it's any funnier or less funny or I don't know. You know, if you go there and there were twelve character classes that were funny instead of six, I, you know, right. I don't think that's actually any different. I don't think it's it's harder to pick. You know, because it's still at that point, if you don't know what it is, it just seems like a joke. Anyway, it says regarding the new game, continues event viewer, uh, do you envisage, do you envisage any kind of migration where players could take their characters and perhaps some, some items of the month into the new game? No, because the new game is just a single player thing, right? What, we, we will maybe do something where you can find something in West of Loathing and then that gives you a code to redeem for an item in KOL. Um, just because that seems, it seems like it'd be silly not to. We could maybe do something the other way as well. That's a little trickier, right? Because the standalone game is just a standalone thing. So it's like, ah, oh, you play KOL, huh? Go to this place and type this and then it'll give you this cool thing. But then everyone just knows that and does that. 
right? Well, we can't, it could be it could be I mean, it could, unique. It, it could be a thing where it like authenticated against a web server, right? Yeah. Like we could try that. Like type this URL into this redeem thing, and then it, like for each KOL player we generate, or you know, for each KOL player who donates for this thing or whatever, it's a thing you can buy for an Uncle Buck. It generates one single use code, right? For that. I mean, we don't want to make it a thing where it's just like you go make a KOL account to just to get this. Or maybe we do, because maybe you'll then start playing. That's the kind of thing that I really don't want to push, though. Like, and I, I don't think we should worry about it for yeah, now. I don't, want to f- I don't want it to feel like it's trying to feed back in. I just want it to feed back in if you're interested. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like at some point we should mention Kingdom Loathing if you, if you like the writing in this game you should check out this other game it depends on whether we believe that a leaflet in the mailbox next to your house yeah it depends on whether we believe and i do not believe this until proven otherwise that our audience is any greater than a subset of the people who already know what kol is there are a bunch of people who have never heard of kingdom of loathing and it's just a matter of them finding out about it. Or which I just, I, I don't believe until proven otherwise that they will. So, I mean, I. You don't believe that they, that other people will find the game? And we, like, new people find the game every day. I don't, I don't, I don't operate under the assumption mm-hmm. because I am being cautiously pessimistic about this mm-hmm. that anyone who does not know about KOL will buy West of Loathing. Because I, see. I don't. Okay. Like, and so I believe that it is practical to sell the game for enough money to justify having made it just to that subset of people, just because that subset of people is many hundreds of thousands of people, right? And so a small fraction of that reached is a sufficient amount of purchases of this game to keep us going. Sure. And so I like it would be awesome. If it had some appeal outside of that group, but I, I just, we don't, we're not counting on that. We can't count on that. Sure. I don't think I need to make sure it's practical without that happening. Um, anyway, Shamu says lots of enchantments in the kingdom have a verb associated with them. Dancing for item drops, grinning for stat gain, etc. What is the verb slash adjective associated with extra adventures and extra fights on rollover? I don't know. Cause all of those things came from the familiars that did that. Oh, the, the other verbs winking for meat it's really just those three right it's winking for meat dancing for items smiling for stats and that's just what the first that's just what the fairy the leprechaun and the volleyball did right and then i think scully as he was writing more of those things sort of started adopting those tropes there is being kicked in the butt yeah, just it, it's Sore something. Butt. Yeah, like run free runaways were things that hurt your butt. Yeah, huh, um, I missed that one. <laughs> uh, I never even oh, noticed that. Air sickness. There was some other kind of yeah. there was some other kind of free runaway that was air sickness. Oh, it was free runaways from familiars hurt your butt. Okay. Free runaways from items make you air sick. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't know that we introduced a ton of other sort of tropes. I mean, there aren't any familiar actions associated with extra adventures and fights at rollover because familiars don't do that, right? And and the familiars is where that kind of came from. Although there's probably more effects that are about you dancing, and that's how you find more items now. There's There's got to be just some sort of level of uh, excitement for the new day, right? <laughs> it's just, uh, it's like... Oh, uh, morning wood is the <laughs> verb for that. <laughs> sure. Max Snotwick says, Ugh. Dear Jake, your story in the last podcast about your newspaper fart debug code had me rolling on the ground. I run a They Might Be Giants wiki, and on more than one occasion, I have pushed code out to our live environment, not realizing until several hours later that I accidentally left a poop debug statement in it. <laughs> oh, and in case no one has said it, thanks for the sludge puppy familiar several months back. He's great for those of us who aren't worried about optimal play. I use him all the time. Oh, well, good. I don't even remember where that came from or what it does. I think it might be from Dinsey? Oh, okay. Let's see. Looking for Sludge Puppy. If I search for that... Oh, we are like the fourth result. Um, 
for me, which means who knows. All right, I'm going to read about where this comes from and what it does. On on the lines. All right, it comes from the inert sludge puppy. Oh, it's made it's made out of the stuff from the toxic teacups. You get those little sludge nodes. Yeah, 500 toxic globules make a sludge puppy. Uh, Sounds about right. Good old toxic globules. We've got a lot of um, weird sort of ineffable wads in the game. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's my favorite band. Topiary nuggets. <laughs> oh, bubbling crudes. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Shiny Platypus had manufactured and mailed me extremely rapid turnaround some stickers that say fart if you're holding a newspaper. <laughs> and I I left them in Arizona, so I can't do anything with them until Christmas. You didn't you um, didn't put them on your car immediately? No, I, I don't think that I would put them on my car. I think what I'm going to do is put them on uh, what my girlfriend suggested was put them on like stop signs around my neighborhood and take <laughs> pictures of them. There is there is this one sign that you drive past on the way out of the house in Arizona that on the back of it, there is just a Ron Paul revolution sticker that has been there for six or seven years. And I think that that sticker needs a companion sticker that says fart if you're holding a newspaper. That's just right at eye level as you're stopped at that intersection. I don't know if somebody would take that down. That is it's, a worthy experiment. It's more eye catching. I also just don't, I also don't know if anyone is watching at any given point when I go to do it. I can't believe I forgot to do it. It's a, oh man, thank you, Shiny Platypus. Does. You were busy checking out Cowboy Skeleton. He was also the one that took me up on my, I told people that I don't give custom KOL tattoos for people who get real life KOL tattoos anymore, but I would if somebody got a tattoo of Dick Butt holding a sword and martini. <laughs> And he then did. Oh, my God. But he got it on the bottom of his foot. So, like, wow. you can't see it. And it's also, like, going to go, like, it's not going to last very long. Like, get it on his heel. So, it's, like, oh. just, it just, that skin doesn't take tattoos. But, you know, that's fine. I gave him the, I gave him the, <laughs> the tattoo that he wanted as a result of that. It's pretty good. Dick butt holding a sword in my Yep. Ah, oh, boy. Nice. Man, the, 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 like, the practically the first art created... With that new art gallery thing, was yeah, it was so Kuerty's over the top. so filthy. Yes, oh, Kuwerty, Kuwerty, come on, kid. Uh, what would your mom say? <laughs> oh, you know, I'll just ask her. <laughs> good, good art. Um, damn. Anyway, that was. Are you going to implement uh, the button that says, this is dicks? <laughs> yeah, I thought, like, what I suggested to C.D. Moyer was, like, in addition to thumbs up and thumbs down, there needs to be a, a button that says, this is genitals, and then the filtering options need to include no genitals and just genitals. <laughs> but my worry there is that people wouldn't, like, people would tag things as genitals that weren't genitals to be funny. Right. Um I and I don't want. If all right, we, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get enough. That's great. We're gonna get Jamelli <laughs> to vet all of the genitals tagging. So what happens? It just become invisible until it's been approved one way or the other. Well, I mean, he's looking for false positive. Like he's right. He's looking for false positives on the genitals, like things that were tagged as genitals as a form of censorship. I see. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. These are great, though. I really like I, I intended to do a Facebook post about the item of the month. And then a couple days after that, I was going to do one that's like some of our favorites of the art that people are making. I was really surprised at how elaborate th these things were like really quickly. Yeah. Like there are that's some really, really, really cool ones already. Um, and I there, you know, there can't be that many. That that rad like impressionist vampire was super good oh yeah yeah industrial that was yeah, that was yeah. the guy that we had drinks with in san yes. diego yeah um man cable players are cool they are disco fever diva says hey jock rough and hit stiff just wanted to let you know that seeing the little subscriber benefit has helped push me over the fence and i finally set up a subscription i don't play as much as i used to but i still listen to your podcast every week and they're by far my favorite thanks for putting out awesome stuff on a regular basis and making my commute much more entertaining Aw. yay uh 
Now for a question. If you use the ghost dog food, it says that your familiar enjoys it despite not being a dog. This is true even if you have your hound dog out as your familiar. Any chance of a special message here? Also, I'm thinking of feeding the ghost dog food to a nosy nose, which is both sort of hilarious and terrifying. Oh, hmm. Yeah, I forgot that there were dog familiars. There's the sludge puppy, too. Do you, I mean, maybe they don't consider themselves dogs. Okay. Right, the, the, the hound dog considers himself to be an Elvis, not right, a dog. Right. <laughs> King Bobson says, it's less than a month to go before 2016, so fortunately I've got plenty of time before you guys start working on the familiars of the year. <laughs> so, Riff, are you going to make Cindy, Cindy 2.0? Riff, why aren't you going to make Cindy 2.0? No, Riff, that's not a good enough excuse. This thing doesn't really have that kind of thing in it. I don't think that there are going to be familiars of the year this year. It's going to be the the content thing is going to be a different thing. And I'm not convinced, though, C.D. Moyer is trying to convince me that we need to that we should just do a spleen familiar. Um, I I didn't put adventures on any of the spleen items that you get from the deep machine tunnels. And mm-hmm. that was a that was a conscious choice because that's not like if I did that, then that suddenly becomes what it is about. And I wanted it to be about just fun, you know, goofy text stuff and the art like and I like it's strictly optimal because of the free fights. And that is fine. Like that's enough, you know, like December's familiars have historically just been more focused on just silly fun. Um. And I got to thinking, like, well, standard means that we could just phase out turns for spleen being, like, a significant thing. Wow. That's a... That's a tall one to to do, right? Because it's... I mean, we don't do that much of it, do we? No, but, I mean, we've we've got a, a whole spleen category in the spindler now because it was because it had become a well yes but not that existed long before people playing optimally primarily thought of spleen as a source of adventures right no no no. i mean like in the spindler it's like it's its own yeah but the reason that the reason that spleen items existed were because of the things that like gave stats which is also handled in the spindler right like it like i kind of like the idea of just having a class of potions that are a limited daily resource sure you know like, I think the game would be better with more stuff like accordion thief songs. I mean, we and that kind of thing. Oh, there's a lot of foods and boozes that are effectively potions too. Yeah. Now, right? So yep. that's that's. I don't know that. You know, people used to use a lot of medicinal herbs. Medicinal herbs, you know, because it was like one spleen for a full heal right. for muscle classes, which was a thing that they needed in the early days of ascension, and was worth it. And was practical because there wasn't something else somewhere else in the game that would give you four adventures instead of that. Right. That full heal. And I don't know. I just uh, like it occurred to me while I was making spleen items for this item of the month. Like what if we just stop putting spleen items that give turns in Mr. Store items? What happens? I mean, there are some in the game, but I think that they get to the point where you wouldn't pull them. I'd have to see. Right, because there aren't any that are so that are good enough to be worth a pull, probably. I don't actually know that for sure. I'm I'd saying have, like non non standard restricted ones. Yeah, we'd have to look and see. Anyway, I I'm not saying this is what I'm gonna do. I'm just saying this is a thing that I was thinking we could do. Sure. And not doing a spleen familiar I mean, I don't know. That's I think that CDM probably just thinks that that's leaving money on the table. You know? We could like, do it for a year and see. Here's this thing that a certain number of people would buy for 20 bucks. If we sold them one, why would you not try to sell them one? And it's like, well, that's... if you don't want it in the game, then that's a good reason. Yeah, it is a reason. I mean, I, and I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sold on that idea. Just the fact that the content that we're going to be selling is not going to come from a familiar, I think means that we will sell more of it. I'm, I'm curious. It's an interesting, uh, Experiment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Faltasia uh, says. Well, hang on. Mm-hmm. Regarding regarding Cinderella, I I do have a sort of concept brewing for a not not a not a thing like Cinderella really or a sequel to it, but a thing sort of in that vein that I came up with after playing some other stuff online the other day. But oh, we we will see if I if I end up 
having a chance to to act on that what with having other stuff on my plate i would like for you to at least tell me about what it is because it sounds cool riff okay well i'll tell you when everyone isn't listening you could tell me in the slack right now oh i could so that everybody so that everybody can hear my extremely loud keyboard Mm mm-hmm and you, it'd be funny if you just pulled out a machine gun and started firing in the back. Is that what your machine guns sound like? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It was in debug mode. Failtasia says, could the machine elf zones deep machine have to do with the machine of the super ultra secret sea boss? That could be a cool little subplot, even though it wouldn't really result into anything. No, I think it's just a coincidence that when I draw machines, they have a lot of similar features. <clears throat> Did we find out if we there's no there's no mention of it anywhere on the internet so but you did do it i did okay yeah that's interesting it is <clears throat> we're speaking in vague terms yeah hot stuff hit a cool thing and i thought i remembered him doing it and i saw it and i was like did you put something in here and he said i don't think so but then you looked at it again and went oh yeah i totally did i totally hit a secret message in this thing and it, i mean i had also like i had googled it to see if anybody had found it yeah huh well that's that's cool i mean cuz it's not it's not like some important yeah, thing it's just exactly. like a cool little flavor thing yep ah man so good that was such a good idea you have good ideas Hotstone. Oh, thanks. Seba um, says, first, this is my third stint playing KOL. I've become a regular subscriber, and the next time real life gets in the way for a while, I'll be happy to return with months of new toys. Thanks for adding that and continuing to make such a great game. Oh, see? I told you people like this existed. Second, as a recent purchaser of Monster Manuel, I'd love to be able to see all its jokes someday, but I understand if some of the monsters are forever lost to the sands of time. Any current thoughts on reintroducing the tower monsters in some way? Perhaps a combat triggered when drawing a tower card with all three in your possession? Perhaps using a key to otherwise trigger a fight? Thanks again and have a great week. Yeah, this is one of the most requested things since the tower revamp. And so I am sure that I will eventually figure out a way, pardon me, a way to get those in there. Um, It's just, it's such a weird thing to present to people. The as, ability to fight monsters out of context. Well, yeah, I just, we would not just add something to the game that was, hey, here's a zone where there's 40 monsters in it, and each right. of them is indestructible unless you use one particular random combat item. Right? We just wouldn't do that because the possibility space is so big, and it's, it's like... It's kind of funny, actually. It would need to be some out-of-the-way thing that's like, okay, this is here for you people right. who want to collect these things, but we don't want to, like, invite new people into it. So then where does it go? How do we... Some sort of secret fight club. Sure, yeah. There you go. I mean, the idea of it being an item, like a tradable item that just is like a, you know, a weird time portal or like a little tower-shaped snow globe or something. Instead that, of post made, it's post hate. Post haste. Okay, post like, hate. so somebody like a like an underpaid uh, independent contractor brings you a tower monster to fight. <laughs> right. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, no, say if there was an item that you could use and it just cycled through all of the tower monsters mm. and gave you a fight with the next one in sequence, right? And those, and those items were like a thing that you could get and they were tradable. Right. Right. A thing that you had to go out of your way to get, but that wasn't, you know, you could get a few of them a day or whatever. Like that seems like a thing that would, that would be there. It would be there for the people who wanted it, who wanted to fight these monsters that aren't available anymore. And it would be economically interesting because, I mean, people who want to collect the little jokes that Monster Manuel reveals, like, are a force acting on the economy. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. Right. Like, it, I'm really glad that that sort of class of long-term goal materialized out of that piece of content, you know? Because it, I mean, you remember how conflicted I was about the idea of even selling that item at all. Like, A, putting a new $10 item in Mr. Store that was just going to be there forever was right. a weird thing that we had never done since Mr. Store launched. B, 
effectively like just selling people UI. Well, it was th- the thing that finally made it gel for you was the the fact was the jokes. Yeah. yeah. It, like it, what, what it was that is, do that was is just, the bulk of the content of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there wasn't content to it, right? It was, it was just, I was less cool. I was, I was really conflicted about the idea when all it was going to do was reveal the stats right. of the monsters. But then, yeah, once it was like, oh, what if it was the stats and three unique jokes about every monster? Cause like we can write a thousand jokes. Like we just made word realms so we can write 10,000 single sentence jokes in a surprisingly small amount of time. So let's do that. Um, I like writing the factoids. I never, ever struggle with those the way that I struggle with Combat hit and miss messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes, but I, I like, I keep in mind that if worse comes to worse, I can always default back to just saying something dumb. <laughs> so, well, right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or doing like I did for, for this thing, which was to, to uh to type in completely randomly selected passages from Naked Lunch. <laughs> oh, really? I thought it was from Alice in Wonderland. The 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 first one in each set is from Alice Through the Looking Glass. The second one is from uh, Schrodinger's Cat Trilogy, and then third one is from Naked Lunch. Were they randomly selected? Like you just opened a copy and yeah, put your I, finger I, on it? I totally just stabbed a finger into a uh, copy of the book. So bunch. good, <laughs> so good, Riff. Ah, yeah. uh, I love you, buddy. Ah. <laughs> uh. You know, I'm guessing that's not truly random, <laughs> right? Because well, yeah, because it you... tends towards the middle of the book. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm sure that the books are naturally going to open to specific sections. Does this count as fair use? Do, do you remember uh, that? I think there might have been a radio lab about it, but it was that that law, Benford's law, maybe, that was like naturally occurring groups of numbers tend to have more ones in their first digit than twos and more twos than threes and more threes than fours. Like real numbers on tax returns have, they cluster around low starting digits, like just sort of because of the nature of systems, I guess. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that you can identify fake data is because it's too all over the place. But it, I was reading this book by William Poundstone about, how bad people are at behaving unpredictably when they're trying to. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's this really interesting book about like kind of the nature of randomness and the stuff that we've observed about how like genuine randomness feels less random than fake yeah, randomness right. and is just less satisfying. Um, but he, he talked about how when this research was published, they found stuff leading back to the 1700s where mathematicians had discovered it through noticing collectively that the early pages of their books of logarithms wore out faster than the later pages Hmm. because they were looking up stuff that started with low digits more frequently than they were looking up stuff that started with high digits when you, when you had to like look at a book to find logarithms. So yeah, it's crazy. Um, I need to, we don't really have show notes for, for this, but listen to Video Games Hot Dog and I'll try to remember to talk about this book that I've read most of. It, it ended up being a kind of a weird, I guess it's kind of like a pop math book. Cause it was a lot of like, here's what you can do to slightly improve your chances of winning money in the lottery in the long term. And like, here's, here's what to do. Like, here's how to, here are some, a couple tricks for giving you like a few percentage points of edge in rock, paper, scissors. Like, hmm. there's just some things that people have discovered, like, owing to like the psychology of, of human actors, of people trying to behave unpredictably and the things that will happen when people try to behave unpredictably, like they will alternate way too often like if you between two positive if they're trying to if people are trying to come up with a random like generate a random set of heads and tails of coin tosses they will alternate five times as often as occurs in natural random numbers heads tails heads tails heads tails like they will never put a few in a row that are the same even though that happens all the time yeah when you're throwing. i remember that being pointed yeah. out in i think it might have been one of martin gardner's books about about how when you have, like, for example, a jar full of two colors of jelly beans, they the colors tend to clump in a way that you wouldn't expect. It's not like an even distri- distribution that, that you would think that it would be. So you have, like, patches of pink ones and patches of green ones. What kind of monster are you that you put pink and green jelly beans in a jar? 
where do you put them? You just well, you put them in their own separate jars. Oh, you know, you know what I learned today? You can buy a bag of Starburst called Favor Reds, which is just the red Starbursts from the three different varieties of Starburst. So it's just cherry, oh, fruit punch, and whatever the red one in whatever the third variant. Do they all look the same? Are they all the same? No, color? they're they're Slight they're variants. different. Yeah, because fruit punch is always like kind of that deep maroon. Okay, and cherry is always just like FF zero 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 zero. You know, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, who knew? Weird. I huh. I would. Uh, hmm. I mean, I like the red ones, but I prefer the citrusy ones oh i like the. do they sell a bag of all i don't know yeah like fava yellows fava oranges orange (laughs) you glad these are your favorite colors of starburst um i mean nothing is quite as punchy as fava reds which is actually not particularly punchy that was my joke there um i'd say it's one third punchy Oh. Uh, I don't remember what the third one was. Oh, man. Uh, oh, no. Another putz says, any chance sneaky wrapping paper can make a comeback this crimbo? We were talking about it. We don't yet have like a gift gimmick for this uh, yeah, crimbo. Yeah, I thought that we were just going to allow people to hide things in the Let people holes. do it again. Yeah, I mean, we could we could roll that out a week into the month and that would be fine. I mean, that code is all still there. Crimbo is going to be more minimal this year than than previously, um, and that's you're just going to have to deal with that. We have too much other stuff going on. Uh, Solve Omnis says, "Riff, how do you think Solve Omnis's question begins?" <laughs> uh, Wait, just I'm confused. Is this you saying that, or is this... <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, next time it's going to be her saying it, but now it's me saying it. Okay. Uh, the sky above the port was the color of television tuned to a dead channel. Hey, pretty, can we get some do good. not open till Crimbo gift boxes, please? Uh, yes, thank you. Seeing this question that you sent in earlier today reminded me to go add them to the gift shop, and I did. And then, Riff, guess how Soliomnus' question ends? Uh, call me Ishmael. That doesn't work at all. That's the first. <laughs> no, uh, and and dreamed and dreamed of lions. Yes. Okay. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> what is that from? P.S. No riff. It's there's a sucker born every minute, and never give a sucker an even break. Ah, okay. What is the uh, what is the the lions? Uh, that's how the old man of the sea ends. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't tend to remember the last lines of yeah. anything. Yeah, that was the only right. thing that I can actually remember. That yeah. They all lived happily ever after. Yeah, okay. You know, but that's Finn. That's how a lot of plays end. (laughs) And also Huckleberry Finn. And that concludes the tale of Huckleberry (laughs) Finn. (laughs) RNJ He Hate Me says, Hey folks, just a quick reminder that the uh, community service leaderboards rewards have not been sent out yet as of Tuesday at 4pm Pacific. uh, Unless that has been in which case, thanks. Uh, yeah, I also, upon seeing this question, asked C.D. Moyer if that was true, and he said, uh, yes, until just now. And then he sent out those rewards, so sorry about that. It, not rolling out a new challenge path caused our checklist to... To get all weird. Yeah, not be there. Hey, Jack and Co. says, as Angel, can we make it so, assuming it doesn't already do this, uh, that the communal gobstopper gets passed to another random player when it's used? <laughs> it would match the theme of the item and be hilarious. No, that would have been funny, but, uh... But no. God, that is such a gross item. <laughs> yep. Boy, yeah. Billy Bob Fred says, hey, so at the top of the KOL TV Tropes page, it says, hi, I'm all over TV Tropes. Is that actually a reference to some part of KOL or is it something totally random that nobody's removed because they're all well? I'm sure it's just a reference to a part of the game and or community that I missed. No, I think it's that because because of what KOL is and because the TV Tropes wiki editors have obviously had some real serious KOL fans among them for a really long time. KOL appears on thousands of pages in the TV Tropes wiki because we just do a lot of like cliche jokes from things and so, like, a lot of people... Are there f- other things that have that, that high amount? That level of penetration? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, the, there is so much just volume of writing in yeah. this game. Like, be, because all that has to... 
exist for us to have done something is for us to write a sentence about it, right? Because that's just what the content of mm-hmm. KOL is. We can just make a lot of it and for because very we, little time and money. We we focus on tropes ourselves, so like not that we literally would use TV tropes as a checklist, but it's almost like that. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'd be really funny. <laughs> oh yeah. We should just look at like the most, what the we have what pages we're not referencing. Yeah. On. Pages yeah. that we're not in. Yeah. That's good. You know, I did it. I backed a Kickstarter for a redo of TV tropes and I guess maybe they did it. I don't know. But what does that mean? Yeah. Like it was a it basically like a reskin and maybe getting some better database servers. I forget what it was, but it was I mean it was basically like ah TV tropes never really made any money, so we were thinking we would do a Kickstarter cuz like people like it. And so I was like, yeah, you know, they've been really useful. Them in Wikipedia. I donated to Wikipedia again this this year. <laughs> I don't remember if it was last year that I did it or not, but you know, I got that email that was like, you know, if everybody who had already donated donated again, we would we could stop doing this right now. And I was like, yeah, okay. All right. Fair enough. Jimmy Wales. Jimmy Wales sounds like a mobster. <laughs> a big fat guy. Yeah. He'll make you sleep with the whales. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kirby says, I heard in chat that there's going to be no more tomes or grimoires or other books as items of the month, but the person telling the tale could not remember the explanation. Why as someone who has paid real cash money several times for books in game, this is distressing news. And I'd like to know if it's true. And if so, what's the reason behind it? Well, the reasoning is that tomes and librums and grimoires existed in a pre-standard restrictions environment when things needed to have shared counters with other items of the month as a balancing mechanism. And that was what led to a situation where we were having a lot of trouble making new items of the month that were yeah. cool. Um, and we don't have that restriction anymore. So the reason that the tome and librum mechanics were made in the first place is no longer necessary. And so if we wanted to do something like that, every time we made one of those things, there would be a thing that we wanted to do. And then we had to like figure out some way like, Oh, well this has to be a fucking book. So let's figure out how to make it a book. It's not like that. Like, boy, we got a lot of spell book ideas in us. And what's the next one? You know, it was like, huh, well like it'd be cool to cupcakes or whatever. But like, Summoning things is a pretty easy. Yeah, it was an easy set, but I mean, and you know, and the grimoires being just catalogs for different stores, right? Like that was fine until we ran out of all two of the stores that anybody fucking knows about. I don't know what, like Scully kept pitching something that I just don't know what it was. Well, because we got we wasn't like Hammock or Schlemmer or something. It was like like we've got we've got McPhee's and we've got. Archie McPhee's and Spencer's. Spencer's, but then there was also the, uh... Was there, like, Sky Mall? Did we do a Sky... That Because, like, remember. basically Sky Mall is it's the one that he was always pitching. Everything, though. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the problem. There's no... There was one... There was some there. catalog that he always pitched as a, as a grimoire that was, like, you could buy, like, the train from... Like, if you wanted a train to ride around your house, like, in Silver Spoons, you'd buy it from that catalog, and I just had never heard of it. Right. Um... We, we didn't ever do the whole Earth catalog. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's just, that was another sort of, uh, not exactly a, how would you put it? They sell everything. Kind of, yeah, but it it's was the like. the almanac of catalogs. But it was meant to be sort of like for, uh, it was like the, the first sort of like environmentally sort of conscious mm. sort of collection of that kind of stuff. We, how many grimoires are there? I think there's just three, four, right? Four, three or four. Because there was the confiscators one, which I. I I like that was cool, but it's not like a catalog, right? Like it's that was just that's the right kind of thing. It was right, but it was it it was just you know we had a theme, and we just made it a grimoire. Let me search for KOL grimoires. Grimoire, the KOL wiki. So there was. We know that there was Spencer's. We know that there was. Archie McPhee's. McPhee's. Yep. We know that there was the Confiscators. And wow, there's five. Okay. Uh, Alice's Army was a grimoire. Oh, huh. Okay. And then we did Think Geek. Right. That was the one I okay. couldn't remember. That was the other one, yeah. 
Um, okay, back to questions. Noobsaw says, question numero uno. Can you give me a, sp- a super special crimbo-y name? Hmm, what's the what's the name? Noob sauce. Uh, cranberry noob yeah, sauce. Cranberry That's not sauce Christmasy though. Yeah. Oh come on! You don't Egg, have cranberry sauce at Christmas? Egg noob sauce. What? Noob. Egg, egg, noob. egg, egg noob. Egg noob. Egg just, noob. Just egg noob. Oh. Yeah. Egg okay. noob. I think was good. Okay. Uh, hmm. Egg. Egg. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Riff. Uh, tinsel sauce? T- tinsel well, sauce. Okay. Noob, noob Yule. And yeah, the, there well, you go. Right, if you're just going <laughs> to... Done. All right. Good. Pregunta number two. Uh, oh, I see. It was question numero uno and pregunta number two. The old switcheroo. How's Crimbo coming along? Anyhow, however it's going, I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's, uh, I've got about half the writing done. <laughs> you know, I said to the pretentious artist's daughter, Cora, uh, the other day, because uh, she and her dad were speaking in Spanish. I said, I don't know what you just said, because I don't speak very much Spanish. And she said, it's okay. I don't speak very much Spanish either. That's the kind of sentence she's capable of uttering. It was a fucking bald faced <laughs> lie. Because she really does speak a bunch of Spanish. Question number three. In the future, will there be a super special awesome way for players to write their own queries for uh, to search for items and potions meeting a certain requirement? Say, plus sleaze damage or minus percent in it, and have the game populate a list for them. It would probably be really difficult to do. Well, it, we're getting to the point... We, we may be at the point where it would not be hard to do effect filtering on potions... Like, oh, I see, right. We made potions a type of item so that, well, we did it for PvP, for the, like, for the, like, asynchronous PvP that we were working on, right? Like, we wanted potions to be a category of item, and then they were going to have, like, tiers so that you were allowed to have, like, a certain number of effects going into a fight with another player or whatever. We did a lot of work on that stuff, and it was never going to be good. Like, it just trying to make a real-time, not even real-time, but a, a more sort of... Like, an interactive, yeah. like, players fighting each other as though they were monsters. Like, it it was just too hairy. It was, I think it was too difficult to retrofit. KOLs. It was retrofit the entirety of KOL into it. Yeah. But I mean, that was its only value is that it was a thing where suddenly, oh, well, suddenly everything in the game is potentially relevant to PvP and that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, it just, it was too easy for these ludicrous dominant strategies to emerge that just were no fun. And Boy Hot Stuff is great at finding ludicrous dominant strategies that are no fun. That's my speciality. Mm hmm. And then when I say, okay, now let's try, don't do that, and we'll have another fight, assuming that we're just going to fix this, because obviously we are, and then you'll just do it again. I'll do a different one. Okay. Who's always different? <laughs> <laughs> you said, don't do that, and I was like, okay. So I did something else. And you're like, don't do that either. And I'm like, well, what What do you want me to do? Oh, you know what? I intended to, uh, there's this question from F that I'm going to transfer over to... Video games hot dog. I'm going to prioritize it and then move it to video games hot dog. Did that work? Fuck yeah. I am really good at making backend tools for reading questions on podcasts. Oh, yes. That prioritization and transfer worked effortlessly and quickly. And I'm hungry. Yes. Do you want to go get some sushi? Sure. I wish I knew whether Jim was here or not. He's, he's usually here at this time. Because if Jim wasn't here, I would happily answer some more questions from Kingdom of Loathing people. I was very close on several occasions while I was in Arizona to just recording a KOL podcast by myself where I just answered uh-huh. a bunch of questions because it was real fucking boring there. And really? I was like looking at the questions and I was thinking like, yeah, I could just go in there and just record. I could just spend a couple hours just answering questions like old times. But you've always, you always had somebody else with you. No, I did. The, the Thursday show was just me by myself until oh. you moved to Arizona. I didn't realize that. Yeah. No, I guess it was me. It, 
it was me by myself until I hired Riff and, and Jim. Um, I did not realize that you were did, recording that early. Not recording, but broadcasting in the KOL radio. Radio KOL started almost... Let's see what the earliest... Um, the earliest me and Josh shows were from August of 2005. But we had been doing it for a long time before recordings oh, right. existed. Right. It was well before I bought the office. That is... But there are recordings now for over 10 years. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, August of 2005 was the first. Damn. Jesus. Man, if you ever want just a record of a horrible person becoming slightly less horrible, just listen to me talk for the last 10 years on these podcasts. <laughs> spoiler alert. Don't do that, please. That's not really a spoiler alert. It's a pro tip, I guess. All right. Sushi time. Have a great week, everybody. Make a hamburger out of farts. Good night, everybody.